0: going on everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Porto podcast in English. I'm your host Rui dos Santos and we've got a great episode for you all. Unfortunately tonight Jason is not going to be with me, so I'll be doing this episode solo for you all. So fasten your seatbelts, we've got a jam-packed episode. Lots of content here. There's so much to cover. You know, the game against Rio Wav was just on Monday, four days ago, and it feels like it was a lifetime ago, given everything that's been going on. The transfer buzz, the the Champions League draw, the whole nine yards, so much to cover. So I'm going to go through all of those with you, and I'm going to save the best for last. The Twitter questions, guys, thank you so much for your support. The Twitter questions are growing by the week, and it seems like we just need to have a separate episode Just for the Twitter questions because we've been getting so many. So thank you so much for your participation. Whether it's just the Twitter questions or just interacting on on Twitter or Instagram, the conversations, the different opinions, whether we agree, disagree, the discussions are always great and I absolutely love it. Jason and I are always motivated to be recording every single week because you guys make this show happen Every time we get the positive feedback or or having you guys wanting to participate and ask for our opinions or whatever it is, it is awesome. And you guys are amazing. We really, really appreciate it. So, thank you. So, as I mentioned, we played Rio Ave on Monday where we squeaked by once again. I'm going to start right there. And I'm going to go through this pretty quickly. 4-2-2, Rio Ave one it was another shaky, nerve-wracking game. It's another game where I lost maybe one or two, two years of my life watching Porto play and squeak by another win. Ivan Marcanu Iceman, comes to the rescue once again for the second week in a row with a game-winning goal in stoppage time. I don't know how this guy does it. Just when we think that it's time for him to sit on the bench, he finds another reason to, to win another spot on the starting lineup. And it seems like David Garamu is never going to start because if Porto continue to be playing like this where games are one-to-one, we're tied in stoppage time, as long as Ivan Marcano is there on the field, it seems like there's always a chance. It's I don't know how this guy does it, but it's happening. And I think we're going to see a little bit more of these tight games in the beginning of the season because fresh faces... It's a new team. There's a lot of players here. There's a lot of competition. There's a lot of options that Sergio Conceição and and Vitor Bruno are going to have and to analyze. So it's going to be shaky uh, for the first several weeks of the season. So I think maybe around... I think maybe around September and October, we're going to start seeing a little bit more of a positive football. I think we have a very, very good team, an attacking-minded team. And I think we're going to see some adjustments in the style of play this year. But it's going to be shaky right now in the beginning, especially with the majority of our transfers coming in so late. It's really going to take some time for all these new guys to adjust. So we might be seeing some stale football for a little bit, but let's see what happens. But yeah, another shaky game. Riouav really just made it difficult for us. I mean, I think it took until the second half, midway through the second half, to get a shot on goal. It was really disappointing. The attack was really lackluster. The wingers couldn't create. Our strikers couldn't get really much going because there was no support. Our midfield was really, really stale. I thought Nico Gonzalez did everything that he could. I think he was our most positive player in the midfield um, for us on both sides of the ball, defending, positioning, and and even having the ball at his feet. He was really, really good. Steven Ostakiu, not his game at all. Uh, I thought he was pretty poor, and I think he was very lucky to not be sent off. And he was very lucky to just not get carded in in the first half. And it just seemed like he was bound to have another Benfica moment where he would just get sent off for a reckless and dumb challenge. But luckily, he didn't. Hopefully, things change with him. Uh, I think he does better alongside Nico Gonzalez. He's much better, much more confident playing alongside him than with Grujic. But this game, I don't know. Uh, We do have Alan Varela. We do expect him to be the double pivot guy with Nico uh, Gonzalez this season. But I don't see that happening this week or maybe even the next week. So I think for the next week or two... Ostaku's really got to turn his game around if he wants to compete for that starting spot alongside Alan Varela. So things need to change there. Uh one of the things that had been super frustrating that I've been hearing that I've been reading, we've all been reading, not just me, and I think we've for the most part all of us have been complaining is is the left side and in particular our left our left back Zaidu. he was an absolute disaster. Like he is already Frustrating to watch play, and this was just this this performance just took the cake. He played about sixty some odd minutes and lost the ball twenty some odd times. It's every three minutes he's losing the ball, and and it's not even just the amount of times that he lost the ball. It's how he was lo- losing the ball. It was just dumb mistakes. It just lack of quality and poor decision making. It it it, it was so frustrating to see and on top of that Galinu has to work with that and Galinu hasn't been great this year. I'm not saying I'm not putting the blame on Galinu's performances on Zaidu because I think Galinu on his day is a good player. But this season his his mental decisions, his decision making has been piss poor and I think it's overshadowing the quality that he has. Is Galinu a great player? No. Is he a good player on his day? Yeah, he is. But if Galinu is not making the right decisions, it's you know it, it it's a shit show. And alongside with with Zaidu, it, it's a disaster and it has been a disaster. Our friend uh, Nino Torres, the commentator from Goal TV, mentioned during the game that fifty seven percent of Porto's attack comes from the right side, and he didn't give a percentage of what comes from the middle. And we can only imagine what comes from the left. And it's been, it's been pretty stale on, in the middle and on the left side. So th- those things really need to turn, um, turn around. Um, and, and it's unfortunate that we didn't pick up a left back in this transfer window. So we're going to have to deal with Wendell and Zaidu for another season. I'm going to touch up on the transfer window in just a little bit. Uh, I'm going to touch up on some top players and key factors in this game. I think Nico Gonzalez, as I mentioned, really held down the midfield. He was excellent. Ivan Marcano shows up and saves the day for us, but Gonzalo Borges this season, as much as we want to give credit to Ivan Marcano, and rightfully so, for showing up and scoring two game-winning goals this season... I think in every single game that Gonzalo Borges has played, he has made the ultimate impact. He is making the right decisions. He's getting past defenders easily. He almost scored a goal right at the end, right before the final whistle. Uh, that would have been great to see. In these two past two games against Rio Ave and Ferenc, he's been sensational. And without those performances from him, I think we would have. I, I think we could have easily drawn the last two games and dropped four points right off the bat in the first three games of the season. So I really like what I've been seeing from him. And I don't know. Uh, I think eventually if th- if things continue with, with Galenu, we're going to start seeing Gonzalo Borges starting on that left side. And maybe sometime on the bench would can clear things up with Galenu and get him back on track or something because something needs to change with Galenu. And it seems like when Gonzalo Borges is on the field, it doesn't matter who's there, whether it's Zaidu or whatever, he is always making plays, Gonzalo Borges. So I think eventually, I don't know if it's going to happen this week, but I think sometime soon, if these performances continue, he's going to be in the starting lineup. Um, So Porto start off the season 9 points out of 9. It's been crazy to watch this year, but at the end of the day, guys, as I said, I believe that we are going to be better. We do have good players. I think we're going to be playing more positive, and as ugly and frustrating as it's been this year, we still have all nine points secured, and, and we say this all the time. We talk about this all the time, and it's not just Porto fans. It's not just Benfica fans. It's also, you know, it's not just Porto fans. It's it's Benfica and Spartan fans as well. They can't afford to drop points against the smaller teams. And it doesn't matter how ugly it is. Three points are three points. Somehow we're grinding it out and we're getting the results. And if we continue to get these results until we do start getting in a rhythm and playing good football, this is great. So... Let's let's weather the storm right now. Let's see what's going to happen. I think I think when all the transfers finally arrive and everyone gets sunk in, I think by the end of September, maybe the beginning of October, right around the the second or third game of the Champions League, I think we're going to get I think we're going to start playing a really really positive uh style of football and I think we're going to be seeing some some good results as well. And speaking of the Champions League, The draw took place yesterday. We are in Group H, Porto were in POT 2. Barcelona are in our group alongside Shakhtar and Antwerp. This group could have been a lot worse for us. And I do like our chances against absolutely all of these uh, oppositions. I think we're capable of doing really well. And Nico Gonzalez is going to have a chance to play against his former team, Barcelona. So let's... Let's keep an eye on this. I think this is going to be a very interesting uh, Champions League group. I do expect us to finish in the top two and go into the knockout stages. But let's see what happens there. I do like what I see here. So let's see what happens. Let's move on to the transfer talk. The transfer window finally closed uh, today, this afternoon. All deals are done. Uh I mean, I don't even know where to begin here because so much has gone on. Uh, I guess we'll just start off from the beginning of the week. Uh, George Sanchez arrives on loan with an option to buy, which is four million euros. He is a right back. He's coming from IX. The deal will be mandatory if he plays twenty games. So let's see what happens there. Uh, I've I've been told that he he's been that he's able to play left back, but. He hasn't really played left-back since he played in Mexico, and that was in the 2019-2020 season when he did play left-back. So it's been some time, but who knows what will happen. Maybe him at left-back is better than what we have. Who knows, but we'll see what happens there. I think it's an okay signing. Uh, I don't know too much about him, but a lot of IX fans aren't really disappointed that he left. They find him to be a little bit of a bust, so... We'll see what happens. Maybe he'll he'll blossom into a good player with us. That's always a possibility. Um, Ivan Jaim, Ivan Jaim uh, signed with us. Ten million euro transfer fee, and Porto is going to have ninety play ninety uh, percent of the players pass. This is a guy that we've all been hoping that would arrive to Porto. He wanted to come here for the longest time since the beginning of the summer. But Porto, as we all knew, we had Otavio to dish out. Um, and there were other players as well that we, we had to make a vacancy for him. And he was willing to stay. He rejected uh, to stay on the market. He rejected, he rejected numerous offers from other clubs in the EPL, La Liga just so he could play for Porto and I love this signing right here it's another option out wide it's another option as an attacking midfielder if we want to deploy one I love what I've seen from him at Famalico he played really well against us and he won the best young player in the league last year so this is a great signing a lot of teams in in Portugal wanted him and Porto was the place that he wanted to be at super excited to see him play um so, I'm going to move on to to a couple of more signings that happened. Well, actually, not signings. Signings that were sp- uh, transfers that were supposed to happen and one that arrived today. And I'm going to touch up on Teremi first. So, Teremi is staying at Porto. I've been hearing two different sides of the stories. Uh, you know, the reports have been different. Some say that it was Milan to blame. Uh, others blame Teremi's representatives and whatnot. But... Now I've been hearing that he wants to stay at Porto. He always wanted to stay at Porto, and there's a possibility that he wants to renew at the club. Uh, Reports originally said that he was going to leave for 15 million euros to go to AC Milan, and it never happened. It is a bummer because Teremi, we bought him for five years. He is 31 years old. He's on the final year of his contract. If we can get 15 million euros for him, with all the strikers that we already have on this team you know why not just take it right because it's good for our finances this is how we survive as much as in a perfect world it would be great to have Tedemi and keep him but we need the finances and unfortunately we weren't able to 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 make that happen in this transfer window and I don't know the full story because there's just so many different reports coming out and we're probably never going to know the real reason why Tedemi didn't leave So, um, hopefully he does renew his contract, uh, and Porto can make a sale next year or whatever it may be just to get something out of him, um, but, I i mean, it, it is frustrating because if Teremi always wanted to stay, then why did we go out and get Fran Navarro? Why do we have so many strikers? We could have sold out uh, a couple of more or put some strikers out on loan or whatever the case may be. We just have so many of them now. So, it, I don't know how we're going to do this this year. Sergio's got a lot to work with. If I were to put some positives on all this, Porto can still renew him. Um. Portu aren't gonna get worse with him on the team because we know that he's probably our best option so far, even though he didn't have the best start to the season. Uh and if Teremi does leave and wants a big contract for free at the end of the season, he's going to have to perform this year. He's going to be he's going to have to be motivated. If he wants to attract big clubs, if he wants to attract a bigger contract, he needs to do well because at 32 years old. For a team to give him money or for a big club to arrive, he has to continue to play well. So, I mean, I think it could be a blessing that a motivated Teremi is a great Teremi. And given all the depth and the quality that we have on this team, despite having our issues with the left back and even the depth at center back, you know, I think we can go really far into the Champions League if we get out of the group stage and we get lucky on a draw in the knockout stages, we can go pretty deep. Not saying we can win it all, but that's always a possibility. And the more depth that we have, the more rotation. And the more rotation we can have players play in certain games. We can go far in the Taça de Liga, Taça de Portugal, the Champions League. All these trophies that we want to compete for and win, we can still win them even easier this year than we did last year just by having so much more quality and depth on our team. So let's see what happens there. I mean, I would have liked to take the money for financial purposes. I would have liked to seen him go for that. But if he's staying, I know it's not going to hurt our team. It's just going to make things a little bit difficult in terms of who's going to start every week. Because there's only two spots for strikers on the pitch, and Teremi is going to be one of them. And we have four other guys that could fill the void for the other spot. So... Let's see what's going to happen there. Uh the next signing is Francisco Conceição, which is kind of a surprise. It's so weird uh <laughs> how this all happened. I never really expected this to happen. Uh he was never really a priority for Porto, but you know, with a loan and a reasonable option to to buy, why not? You know, uh I feel I don't know the exact I don't know exactly what happened to Shiku for him to leave in the first place. We do know that he refused the contract. We knew his renewal in 2020 had a 5 million euro release clause. He was making 50,000 euros a week. I mean, I'm sorry, 50,000 euros a year at Porto. And Ajax offered him 50,000 euros a week, which is 2.5 million euros gross for the year. So my question is in all this, what was Porto's offer when they tried to renew his contract last summer? Like, how much were they asking? How much were they offering him? The most that our best players make are three million. We weren't touching close to two point five million for sure. But what was the amount? Was it was it three hundred thousand? Was it five hundred thousand? Was it close to a million? We don't. I I don't know the answers to it, but. Whoever made the renewal in in twenty twenty to a kid that had a lot of potential and gave him the amount that that, that he was that he was given for a salary and only slap a five million euro release clause and knowing that Shiku could be making a lot more money somewhere else, I can kind of understand him leaving. I, I again there could be other reasons, but I I don't know. So I can kind of understand why he would leave because the money's there and he's playing at a different club that could give him an opportunity to play. I don't know, but um but for from what I read so far, uh the option to buy is 5 million euros, which is the price that he left for. I think this is a give me. I don't know what the again, I don't know what the reasons were. I know a lot of Porto fans are upset that he left us. He refused us and then left us. Um, I don't know. But we have to put that aside and try to make up for the real bad decision that that happened last summer. That he did leave. He was a kid with a lot of potential. A golden boy. He could be worth 50, 60, maybe even close to 100 million euros one day. Who knows? But I think we take him. I think we take him back. Uh, it's 5 million euros. We don't really lose much. We just lost one year of productivity from him on our, in our club. So let's see what happens with him. It is a dry loan, so it's not guaranteed, but I think Porto are going to pick up. If it is the 5 million euro option to buy, I think Porto will and should pick him up and see if we can make up for the disastrous situation, whether it was Porto's fault or if it was Chico's fault or what whoever's fault it is. I think in terms of business, there's a huge upside in keeping him and potentially growing him into a top, top player. So so yeah, I think um eventually it could happen. And a lot of people have been saying, Oh, why do we why do we get him? Why do we we already have so many wingers and whatnot? I think Shiku coming here is a safe is a safe bet. It's a low risk high reward because we do have a lot of strikers but I think I mean a lot of wingers but a lot of these wingers can be out the door next year and I have a good I have a good feeling that it's going to be Galenu and Pepe uh and Pepe has been a- has been sought after by so many clubs Tottenham uh Juventus none of them wanted to trigger that 75 million euro release clause but I think if he continues to be playing the way he has this year, I think Pepe is out the door next year. He's going to be 27. He's going to be really he's going to be really polished, really mature. And if he leads Porto to trophies and has a great season, people are going to pounce on him, whether it's 65 million or the actual release clause. Porto need to make money. Remember, we need to make money and and cycle these players out. I think Galinu could definitely be an option. And also, Gonzalo Borges as well. If he continues to be playing as well as he has, I can say that Porto will probably lose two uh, two uh, wingers next year. So having Shiku would be more of a future option, just like as if he were still on the team and if he never left to Ajax, he was always going to be a future option. He's just 20 years old right now, so it's going to take some time. So this year isn't going to be the year for him probably. But the future... Absolutely. And if Galeno and Pepe do leave, we'll have Verón, we'll have Ivan Jaim, we'll have Gonzalo Borges, and we'll have Chico Conceição. Those are four wingers that we could have for next season. Four young and good players. You know, this is all speculation, but I think this is where Porto is getting at. Like, why? I think it's just an opportunity that they don't want to miss. They have an option. We don't have to pick it up right away. So after this season... We'll have an idea if Pepe is going to leave, if if, um, if Galeno is going to leave, or Gonzalo Borges is going to leave. If they're not going to leave, then we're probably not going to pick it up at the end of the year. But uh, my expectations, I do think Shiku is just a safe bet for the future. So I am going to continue to talk about the transfer window. Uh, market but I'm going to just jump into the Twitter questions I know we talked a bit about left backs but some of us have asked questions uh, regarding that so I'm just going to jump straight into the Twitter questions we got a lot of them as I mentioned our first question comes from Louis D at dat underscore Louis I'm done giving Conceição a pass his time at Porto needs to be over the team has no creativity no style no technical ability his grinding way has run its course, and it's time for change. Let's all be really honest. This team is awful as currently constructed. Pitiful football. Yeah, I mean it is. It, it's been pretty awful. It's grinding, grinding way. Uh, as as you said, Louis. Uh, I I think it's I think it's a little extreme to say to say his time needs to be over. At Porto, I think, I think we have to keep giving him a chance because what he's been able to do throughout his entire tenure, it, it's been miracles. And I don't see coaches, any other coach, that is capable of coming to Porto to do what he's been able to do. And I think we've been able to achieve as much as we have. It's not so much the tactics or the strategy. Or the approach in games from Sergio Conceição, I think it's 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 him being who he is, a motivator, a guy that can bring the absolute best out of certain role players. I think that trait goes a long way at this club right now, and it has been for the longest time um, it was since he since he basically arrived. As for the the no creativity, the no style and stuff, like yeah, I I I kind of expected this, and I think we've all been expecting this. But I think if we give this team time, if we let our, if we let Alan Varela, um, Nico Gonzalez really get sunk into this team, and then all the other wingers that came along, our strikers and whatnot, and actually build some sort of chemistry, I think we can play a better game. So let's not let's not say that this is going to be the entire season, because at times we do see some good football with Sergio Conceição Ball. So let's give it some time. Just like we saw two years ago, we played a much different style than we did than we ever did under Conceição, and I think this year we have a lot of options. We have the players that are capable to play that same style of football. So let's see. Let's see. Let's just give it some time. I get the frustration because no one wants to play the way that we have the grinding out, the ninety minute drama, uh, the the ninety minute dramatic finishes at the end. Ivan Marcano, of all people. It should be our strikers that are scoring, not him. I totally get it. But let's give it some time first. I think Conceição has done wonders with this with this club. And I don't see any other coach achieving the same and doing as well and getting as many results as Serge Conceição has. If you put anyone else in Conceição's shoes, I don't see it happening the way that it has happened. And for the most part, as stubborn as Conceição is... The majority of it is not his fault. And we've done rather well under him. So let's give him a chance. I think he deserves it. I don't think we should can him yet. But let's see what happens. I could be wrong. Great question, though. FCP1992, what do you guys think is the cause of the slow start to our season? Is it the wrong formation, the manager's stubbornness, Uh, the players just playing bad, out of sync, wrong lineup? What is it? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's everything. I think Koseyson can be stubborn. I think our players are just not okay right now. I don't think they're playing at their absolute best. But a lot of it has to do with just building that chemistry. We have a lot of fresh faces. We're losing, you know, key guys. We lost Otavio. You know, that's a key guy there. That's that is the heartbeat. That is the spine of our team. And that's those are huge shoes to to fill. So we have to find someone to. To fill those shoes, and hopefully Pepe is that guy, and he does continue to do well and be be the ultimate uh, Otavio replacement. So I, I think it's I think it's everything. It's the beginning of the season, so we have to give it time. Uh, I, I eventually predict that we're going to do well this year. So it's everything that you mentioned. FCP nineteen ninety two. So uh, I think. Conceição and all the players and all of the new signings that just arrived, they all need time to figure things out. In the meantime, we're going to be seeing these crazy games for a little while. I am predicting us playing much better very, very soon. Luciano Feltrin at El Feltrin 98. What do you have to say to those people who shit-talk Porto but are quiet when their teams get help? Surely it's not only me that thinks refs in Portugal are horrendous and make mistakes in favor for all big clubs. Yeah, I think they just make mistakes everywhere. Um, and it's not just for the big clubs. It's for the middle-sized clubs. It's for the lower clubs. I, the the officiating is horrendous. I, I don't know what else to say. It's, was it a penalty? You know, from the camera angle, you can kind of see how people would think it was a flop or a dive or other ca- camera angles kind of showed that there's a little bit of contact and the tackle was reckless. At the end of the day, the player and the coach both said, Riwaf's coach and the player, Costinha, that, that made the foul, they both said that it was a penalty. They were two goals clean. You know, the the perpetrator admits guilt. I don't know what else to tell you. Um, for those of for those people that were complaining about the penalty and whatnot, overall, yeah, maybe Ilustaki should have gotten a card, maybe even a red. I can see how some referees could interpret one of, of Ilustaki's tackles to be a direct red, and I can see how other referees don't. The problem with Portugal is it's not so much the inter, in, uh, interpretation; it's the inconsistency among the same exact refs because. One day, the same exact ref will call uh, uh challenge a red card in one match, and then the next, he's not. And we see it. It's not just in Porto games. It's not just in Benfica or Sporting. It's across the board. So if what do I say to people that, that shit talk him? I, I, I don't say much because it, it, it happens to everyone, and I don't care what anyone says. It happens to every club. Nicholas at INF thirty three underscore, do you think medi uh will come back to form when all of the transfer business is concluded? Alternatively, do you think he will go to Milan? So obviously this question was asked before the transfer window. Um yeah, Nicholas, I think uh, I, I think he will be. Because I don't think he's washed because he's old. I don't think he's having a bad season because he's old. I think I think he's just I think he's just tired of the transfers and not knowing if he's coming or going. Whether he did have an agreement with Milan or not, or he just wanted to stay at Porto and Porto was trying to force him out, I don't know the whole story. I think that's all put to rest now, and I think we're going to see a much better and much more motivated mean And on top of it, the team hasn't been great either, so that doesn't help as well. So we'll see. I think as Porto grows... Uh, into the season we're gonna see better performances from our players and I think now that all this drama that happened with that Emmy is now in the past I think his mind is just focusing on Porto right now. Andrew Aruda at Drew FCP I think it's time to let Borges start or sub in earlier. What do you think? Yeah absolutely I mentioned it earlier um I can see him starting uh giving Galinu some time on the bench just to kind of figure his shit out uh or we we have to see him come on earlier especially when the games are tied one you know 1-1 one, one or 0-0 zero, zero, whatever it is we need him on early cuz he just makes an impact when the team the opposition is tired and this kid's got the speed and quality that he does have he's an instant impact player so whether he starts or comes off the bench he has been, uh, he's amazing. Matts at Matts Attack Nine. This is an awesome question. If you were a player who played for the teams you supported, what would your career timeline look like? My example with my ages from eighteen to twenty-three, Bristol Rovers, and then signed for Porto at twenty-three. Um, at twenty-three the second um, second half of the season, loan spell at Sabadell. And then from the ages of 23 to 31, play at Porto. 31 to 33, return to BRFC. And then from 33 to 35, which is the end, he will end at St. George Clinic. <laughs> this is really cool. Um, this is a really cool question. Uh, for me, uh, I would... I would definitely be a youth academy product from Porto and I would stay at Porto until 23 and I would sign a four-year contract with AC Milan. I would like to play because I have a great soft spot for AC Milan as well. Love the team, love the culture um, and the history. So I would like to play a, a four-year contract with them and then return to Porto and finish my career all the way until whatever age it is. That's that's how I'd want my career to be. So Awesome question. I love that. Craig at Craig 12 Portista what do you believe will be the key in improving the poor performance recently Yeah much like what I said uh, earlier it's I think it's just giving it time let all these players come in let Sergio Conceição actually coach a game uh or you know just just get familiar with everyone it's going to be scrappy for a little while I think for the most part even the year's um now, a couple of years ago, when we won the league, we started off pretty slow. We didn't really know what was up or down, and then eventually things just fell into place, and we turned out all right we we finished ninety one points and won the league. So let's give it some time and i think I think just letting everyone sink in together is is the recipe to success. So let's give it some time and see what happens. Baba Melly at Blueberry Caves. What's your ideal starting lineup for the rest of the season, and why the hell is Porto refusing to sell Teremi? <laughs> so my ideal starting lineup for the season, it's obviously going to be the Yugo Costa in net. I'll go with Wendell at left back as much as I don't like him, but it seems like he is the best option for us. He can actually control the ball and make a simple pass and whip in some crosses every now and then, so that's always a plus. I'm sure that can make the attack a lot happier. Uh, Left-back Wendell, I would go with... I'm going to go with Marcano at left-center-back, left, left center back. Pep at right-center-back, Joel Mario at right-back, and I'm going to stick with Galinu for right now at, at, at left midfield, and I want to see a double pivot between Nico Gonzalez and Varela, the right midfield, I want Pepe. And then as my two strikers, since Teremi is staying, I want Teremi on the pitch. And if he is motivated, motivated Teremi is a great Teremi. I want Teremi there because things can happen, and he's very complete. So when he's on the field, there's always hope as well, and he offers a lot. Now the other person to to play alongside him is a mystery. There's Navarro, there's Namasu. Um, there's just, you know, Tony Martinez, there's even Nielsen. There's so many players that, that we can choose from. So it's a good problem to have, uh, that, having so much quality and choices up top, and there's going to be a lot of competition. So uh, I guess I'll go, with, um, I'll go with Fran Navarro since he's the new signing. I want Teremi and Fran Navarro as our two strikers. So that's my ideal starting lineup. Next question comes from town Denitown, at DaniTown13.0. Should Conceição give more playing time to Bordishes and Fran Navarro? I believe they would be better subbed at the beginning of the second part than waiting for the last 10, 15 minutes. Absolutely. I, I 100% think so. Um, I don't care what the uh, player ratings on Sofa, whatever Sofa score or whatever. Whatever website that measures the ratings player, I think Fran Navarro is a good player. And I think he's put himself in in some pretty good positions this season so far to score. He's been unlucky that he hasn't. Um, But 100%, I feel like when both of them come into the game, the game does change. And the game does become more positive. Uh, As I mentioned with Borges, once he enters, he sets the tone. And it seems like everything that he does uh, is the right decision. And he has such good quality. And knowing that the opposition is tired, a fast, quick, and ready Gonzalo Borges is dynamite. It's hard to contain. So, agree. I think he should be coming. They they both should be coming in 20 to 30 minutes into the second half, especially when the game is tied and we need a goal. Abu underscore Syed underscore Dragu. The team's performance looks really disappointing. Do you think Porto will pass the group stage in the Champions League? I do. Uh, Even the way that we're playing right now, there's still some time to change things until the Champions League starts. So I think given the, the difficulty of our group, which it shouldn't be too difficult. Uh, I think we should be able to go through to the next round and eventually, like I said, give this team some time, and I think we're going to be playing a lot better. And I think we can finish top of the group, even over Barcelona. So let's see what happens. That's my prediction. We're going to finish top of the Champions League group. Jack Hacken, Casapia Enjoyer. Casapia Enjoyer, Jack at <laughs> since my old question has become invalid, what do you think this Porto team is capable of now that more players have been signed and/or joined from the B team? Also, should a left back from the B team be given a chance to play the season since Zaidu and Ver- and uh, Veron are themselves? Uh, yeah, I mean. I think the team is capable of a lot this year. Given for all the reasons that I mentioned, there's a lot of depth. It's a good issue to have. There's competition. That means that players are going to push even more to be at their best so they can guarantee, so they can keep their starting spots or these players can win their starting spots. Good competition is always good to have. Uh, A left back from the B team, I don't know who it is. Why not? <laughs> I mean, why not give him a shot? Because uh, unless Wendell somehow turns things around and becomes the signing that we expected him to be when he first arrived, you know, wh- why not give a chance from the the B team? I can't see Zayidu play any longer because it 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 seems like it's just getting worse and. We're relying a lot on creativity from our outside players, and he's just not providing it. and he's not making the job easier for Galinu either. So the thing a change has to be made, uh, whether it's Wendell playing more or we find someone from the B team because the window is now closed, so we can't get anyone else. so So that's my my thoughts on that. Manuel Pinto at Erwidu Terra, we kept some good players and we had a good number of signings. Do you think we now have the depth in our squad? Yeah. Uh, Plenty of depth. The only worrying part, and I'm not gonna touch I'm not gonna say the left back position, I am worried about the center back position because Pep just picked up an injury, which is why he wasn't called up to the national team for the international break coming up. We only have four center backs, and right now we have three. And they are Ivan Markanu, who's 37 years old. We have Fabio Cardozo, who's, you know, he's been good as a role player. And then we have David Karamu, who hasn't played in the longest time, hasn't started a match since the end of 2021, I believe. So it's a bit problematic. I'm I'm a little shocked. Um, I kind of wish that we probably gotten another center back instead of another attacker just to be secure, just to have another option out there. But we don't. So uh that's the, that in left back position is my two worries for this season because up top the midfield we're loaded. I think we're gonna be just fine up there. But the defense, it's a big it's a big question mark for me because Pep and Marcano are not getting any any younger. And we can't expect both of them to play all these games. They're not going to. So David Carmo and Fabio Cardozo, we're going to be seeing them quite a bit. And eventually, David Carmo is going to get his chance. And I think it's going to happen for him. He has to perform. And he has to become a starter this season. If not, it's going to be super problematic. Because I just don't see Ivan Mercano being the starter the entire season. Great question. Next question comes from CDB at CDBaros8. Why no left back still? Zaidu has pace and heart, but he's a turnover machine. Let Galinu play left back. He's honestly better, even as an attacking player. Thoughts? Yeah, why not? I'm, I'm down to try anything at left back at this point. I'll give Wendell one more chance. Against Oroka, I hope he does start. If he doesn't start, then there's something wrong with with, with Conceição because you cannot start Zaidu after the performance that he just had. I'll give Wendell another chance. If not, you know, screw it. Give uh Galenu a shot at left back and uh, throw Borges at left midfield or left wing or whatever it is, and we got a dynamite attack. <laughs> That's for sure. So, I don't know. I'm willing to try anything at this point if Wendell doesn't turn things around because I think Wendell's going to have a lot of responsibility this year and hopefully it turns around. Paul Andres at Paul Andres1973. I think the club had a positive transfer window overall. But I think they didn't do enough to improve the outside backs. Do you feel that there is enough depth at left back and right back positions to win the league and make a deep run in the Champions League? I think to win the league, yes. Uh, at left back, it's super worrisome. I think right back, we can deal with Chuel Mario and uh, George uh, Sanchez. I think I'm I'm just going to go back to the last question. I think at left back, we have to see Wendell more. Uh, he's not great, but he's much better on the ball. And I think it can just only make the case better. It can't make it worse. And I think Galina wants to work with someone that can, that can somewhat create and make a simple pass. Zaid is just not it. Just every time he receives the ball, a simple pass – it's a bad touch. He misses it. He loses it. He panics. He makes a, a poor pass. It's He's just not in it. So, I mean, I think we can still make a deep run in the Champions League uh, even with this. But hopefully, maybe in January, we can get another left back if this issue isn't resolved. So, whether it's Wendell being the guy, whether it's Jar Sanchez being the guy, or Galinu play uh being the guy at left back, or we find someone from the, the B team. January, if we want to make a deep run into the Champions League, we gotta get a guy uh at left back if all those options don't work. Great question. Matthew Bartish's at duck H00K I would like to hear your dream starting 11 after the window is complete. Yeah, uh I think I think the last question that I answered regarding the 11 um regarding the 11 I don't think I gave my dream one even though that was the question. I think I was being a little bit more realistic, but dream starting 11 that I would like to see and I think has the absolute potential of being great. I, I think I'm going to stick with the... I, I, I'm i going to go with Yugo Net, obviously. Wendell at left back. David Carmo. I think he can still be very good in this league. I think he can be good this year. Pepe Center right back. Uh, jean Mari at right back. From the left, I want to see Gonzalo Borges. My midfielders are Varela and Nico Gonzalez. The right side is Pepe. And then I think I would want to see, as our two strikers, I think Deremy and I think Danny Namaso would be the guys. I think those two could be really dynamite and lethal up top. I think Danny Namaso has the potential of being a really top player in this league. And I'm kind of upset that Dremi is staying, not because he's not good, but it's because it, it might take away the production of Fran Navarro and Danny Namaso. So, but I think Danny Namaso is is the guy. I think he would he's going to have a really good season. So that would be my dream ultimate starting eleven for me. So. Connor Wilson at yes, you will underscore son. What do you think of reports of Porto refusing to sell David Carmo despite him not sniffing the field? You, you can't sign. You can't give him away because we would only have three center backs. You you can't. We're already on thin ice with center backs that you can't. No matter how much we would like him to go somewhere to 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 get reps and gain some momentum or motivation or whatever it is, we can't. I think this year he's going to play. He's going to have to play because Ivan Mercano is is not getting any younger and he's not going to play all these games. So David Kahneman is going to step up. He's going to get his reps and hopefully it works out for the best and he turns out to be a stud. Our next question comes from Alex at L-L-E-W underscore Alex. Two questions. Do you think there's time for Porto to st- to still sign a top left back with Zaidu and Wendell are only options. I can see us getting exploited down that side. Also, what do you make of Teremi staying? I'm positive about it, but I'm still not sure if he's a hundred percent committed. Uh, obviously this question was asked before the, the, the end of the transfer window. So no, there was no left back that came in kind of as expected. And, I, yeah, I'm I'm with you on this, Alex. I, I think it's still a positive because Teremi's not going to hurt this team. I think he's a very good player. I think if he's motivated, which I think he will be now, because whether he did want to leave or if Porto was trying to force him out, all that scenario is out the window. And he's going to be focused on Porto and Porto only. So a motivated and... And positive Teremi is a good Teremi. I've said it already a few times on this episode. So I'm with you on that. I think it's still positive. I think he's still our best striker that we have. And he can't hurt us. And if we want to make a deep run into all these competitions, he's going to be that guy to to, to guide us there as well. Last question comes from EternuDragão at Eternu underscore Dragão. What are your opinions on the transfer window? What do you think about David Gardmu and what should be done with him? Yeah. Uh, overall, I would probably give... This could have been... And I think, it, I, I think history is going to say that this is going to be a very... Excuse me. Um, this is going to be a very good transfer window because of all the talent and the potential that has arrived... But talking about this season, I would give it a B plus because all the players that came in are excellent, love love the acquisitions. I think we just needed more. I think we needed another center back. We definitely needed another left back, and we didn't get that. So it's a good transfer window, and I think down the road, it's going to be great. We're going to look back at this. Oh, you know, Ivan Chime, uh Francisco Conceição, uh, Fran Navarro, Varela, Nico Gonzalez, these, these are gonna be great guys. They're gonna be great signings. And I think they're gonna help us. I think we're gonna make money off of them. And I think that I think we're gonna win trophies with them. But <coughs> what I think we should do with the David Carmo situation, we have to keep him. We ha we have no choice. We spent so much money on him, we cannot just loan him out. And on top of it, we only have four center backs, including David Carmo. <coughs> So we have to give him a chance, and he has to play. So it was the right move to not dish him out and keep him. We have to keep him. So let's see what happens there. And that does it for this episode of the Porto Podcast in English. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode. Thank you all for your participation, your questions. Um, follow us on Twitter at ENG. Follow us on Instagram at ENG on Facebook, The Porto Podcast in English. And if you like the show, hit the five stars on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Leave a review. It helps us grow. And we'll see you all on the next episode.